This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. All right. Well, with that, that's the next a, podcast. <laughs> that's a good segue to, to, to our uh, for our lightning round, which is presented by Data World. So I'm going to kick it off here first. So, will the burden of responsible AI especially fall on the big tech corporations, Microsoft, Google, Meta, OpenAI? A part of it, but I don't think I, I think um, it, it will be more on 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 companies that sell actual products. I would say. Palantir or things like that could, could be also uh, even more complicated. I mean, they already have things that are not ethical. So, so yes. Yeah, so, so I think it will be will be all of the above in some sense. Um, also, because the, today, like generative AI, for me, is like a, if I can do a parallel to 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 guns, it's like a cluster bomb. It's not something that you drop. And, and one place gets affected is something like 5 billion people connected to internet will be affected. So this is even worse because everyone is a potential uh, place for harm. Hmm. You go, Great, Tim. Great commentary there. Uh, all right, second question. Um, will the benefits of this wave of AI, particularly around generative AI, will, will the benefits outweigh the cons? That's a very good question. <laughs> I don't know because because basically um, there the, there's so many ways to use this technology. So this is the problem. How if we knew all the ways that we can use the technology, then we can evaluate that. But we don't know. So so maybe I, I want to be optimistic. I will say yes. I hope the benefits because we are uh, we will increase productivity. We, we will do a lot of things that are good. But who knows how people will use it? For example. There are already cases where people fine-tune a language model to talk to their uh, ex-fiancé dead or to his grandmother dead. And these things will really uh, affect the health, the mental health of people. So if people believe that they're talking to dead people, I don't know where we can go. And that's why I, I love, you can check in The Guardian in March, um, uh, Yaron Lanier, which is one of the fathers of virtual reality that works in Microsoft, said, I'm not afraid of that AI will destroy us. I'm afraid that AI will make us insane. So I think, and this was one week before the, the suicide. So I think, wow, this is, was like, wow. like uh, I, I guess he never thought that in one week that will be proven. That is quite the statement. Yeah. All right, next question. If, if I'm, gonna, I'm a data engineer, I create transformations, help create a data warehouse, or I'm a data analyst, I create reporting dashboards. Do I need to be thinking about responsible AI? It, it depends on, on who will use that. So for example, if you're using generative uh, AI, for example, ChatGPT to increase the productivity of work, well, uh, if any, anything that is there that may be wrong, and that will have an impact on, for example, the business that is using those reports. Yes, imagine that ne next day it says, because of what says in the report that is false, I lost $10 million. Well, someone will be uh, accountable for that, and probably you will lose your job, right? So if you want to lose your job and, and, and gain time thinking that, that everything that, that the chatbot says is true, that you have a problem. And, and, and sadly, someone said, oh, this, this, let's call these hallucinations. But these are not hallucinations. Hallucinations usually don't harm you. There are, there are many that will harm you or will harm someone or the institution. So, so sometimes we, we are afraid to use the right words because of the BS, I guess. 
So what should the word be instead of hallucination? Uh, basically, a fake statement. This is a fake statement. <laughs> I love that you're saying this because every time I hear the word hallucination, I'm like, I feel like a marketer came up with that term. Like they tested it on a focus. Well, obviously, no, no, they I, did. The term, it seems that the term came from OpenAI. Yeah, and I'm sure the marketing department, <laughs> which are full of marketers right now. Yeah. Yeah. For example, uh, I, I, the other day I asked to ChatGPT, what are your five problems? No, what are the main problems with ChatGPT? And, and ChatGPT said five problems. And they didn't use the word hallucination, so the, the, the chatbot didn't use that word. They used incoherence, which is true. But incoherence also doesn't damage too much. Uh, we need to put a word that, that implies that maybe it's, there's some damage in some cases. So right. It fake. could be harmful. Oh, fake, fake, fake. Fake, 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 fake statement. And you know, so sometimes fake things really harm. So, so it's, not like a, it's not like a good word. It's not a completely bad word because not always will, will harm. But sometimes... For example, in the first version of the of the of ChatGPT, I died in 2021. Well, it doesn't harm me, but but maybe other people don't like that. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was great material for my talk on ChatGPT. <laughs> so thank you. Now I'm alive again in the chat. <laughs> You're ChatGPT 4. I'm alive again, but I'm seven years older, so I don't know what I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, the final lightning round question here. Is explainable AI necessary to achieve responsible AI? So this is one of the principles of the ACM. So it's called interpretability and explainability. So, so yes, but not all the time. So, so explainability, you need to assess if you need it because of to be responsible. In some cases, if it's really hard to explain, it could be even be dangerous. For example, the typical case is that you have a health application, and if the explanation is wrong, maybe that may be worse than no explanation. For example, you have, the, uh, you have uh, say, certain symptoms and the system says, the explanation is that you have this because of this, but if you saw, those, you saw the famous uh, house series, uh, sometimes the symptoms could be like 10 different explanations, but of course you use the most popular one, the most typical one, but uh, it, the world doesn't work on a statistics. One problem what we haven't talked is that uh, basically uh, humans are not that don't come from a probability distribution. So, so the, the data about one doesn't have any relevance to my data, different contexts, different countries, different lives. But a lot of people are using data from other people to predict <laughs> one per, specific person. So, so yes, explainability is something important, but you need to make sure that, that it's safe too, because in some cases, maybe not safe. All right, so uh, Tim, we have so many notes right now here. Go take us away, Tim. The takeaways. So, but one I know. Thing, one thing oh, yeah, for you: the problems not don't come only from data. Remember that some people believe that all the problems are from data. No, some problems come from what you are optimizing. The people that did the software. So there's a recent paper that shows that the the, the bias of the coders goes to the code. And also, there is a lot of problems in the feedback between the users and the system. And there are a lot of biases on, on how the system presents things uh, to the user that basically affect their behavior, like nudging and other things. And, and, and that also is a problem. So the problem of, of responsibility is not only data. That may be the main one. But there are all these other cases that are, come from the basically the machine learning model and also from the interaction of the system and their users. I think that, that that is very important what you just said. And, and I think that 
I'm, I'm glad that, first of all, I'm glad this podcast exists and that you were able to join us here because I think that folks could listen to this hour here and get, you know, a course worth of, of, of understanding and education here. I think people often oversimplify the problem of responsible AI, right? And they're just like, oh, you got to pick good data or, oh, you just have to have a company with good culture or something like that. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're far oversimplifying this problem. This is a complicated problem. doesn't mean we can't address it. We have to address it, but we have to think of it like a complex system, which it is, right? Well, exactly. It's a cultural system. So then you have to create a culture where everything works the way that you choose to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is awesome. So, all right, takeaways, Tim's takeaways. So you, we started off with what is responsible AI? And you actually started off with saying, what isn't it, right? And one of the things that you said that it wasn't is that it's not ethical AI, which is a very humanizing term. Uh, we shouldn't humanize it, right? Uh, and it's not trusted AI because it doesn't make sense to say that like, oh, do I trust it or do I not trust it? Do I trust it all the time? It's not, it's not the most relevant thing here. What really is relevant is around accountability. Who is responsible? Who's the person? Who's the entity who's responsible? Because then we can create frameworks around governance, around principles, et cetera, to try to identify and manage that responsibility. So I thought that was very good there. And, and I, I loved your example that you gave that you said there's no trustworthy aviation. If, if you have to say that it's trustworthy aviation, then we have a problem here. Um, and so I, I thought that was a, a great uh, sort of counterexample. Uh, and we, you discussed what is irresponsible AI. And you provided some really great examples of, of where um, you know, some common places where irresponsibility can happen. One of them is around discrimination. That's probably the most well-known around gender, race, xenophobia, whatever it might be. And you gave an example of in 2012 in the Netherlands about um, how there was uh, an analysis or a system to analyze uh, cheating in, uh, in sort of the system around daycare. Um, and people lost their houses. People were kicked out of the country over this. And ultimately, not only was it found illegal, uh, but uh, the person who um, uh, a person took responsibility stepped down, and then the entire government actually stepped down because of this. And so that's an example of both a problem as well as a, a kind of an accountability that can happen. Right? Nine, nine years later, sadly. Ah, nine years later, not fast enough, right? Exactly. Uh, and so that's an example of something where how do we how do we create a system that it, it can happen faster, right? Um, you talked about uh, the idea that, uh, you know, using things like facial recognition and things like that to profile or to do stereotyping and things like that, right? That's an example of uh, sort of spurious, uh, spurious correlations that, that we mm -hmm. want to avoid that's irresponsible. Uh, human incompetence, right? Human design problems, not just in the data, as you mentioned, right? Not just the data, but the model selection, the model design, uh, you know, the, the things that, that humans actually code into the software, the systems that this plugs into. There's a lot of decisions and choices that humans make that can cause a lot of irresponsibility. Impact on the environment. Obviously, that's huge. A ton of compute goes into these things, both in training as well as in inference. Generative AI, the ability to create all this content it's so easy to create fake content, fake content that looks just as real as everything else. So, you know, there's all these things now on Facebook and things like that where they say, which of these four images is, is the fake image, right? Mm -hmm. And the answer is trick question, all four are fake, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I know that that's a, that's a big thing. Uh, finally, before I pass it to Yuan, uh, two great quotes you said, um, and, and I know that they're, they're from other folks as well, right? All models are wrong, but some are useful. Uh, and data is, data is a proxy of the problem. So 
That, that Juan, one, over to you. Fine. <laughs> that one's yours. Which one? The, the, data is a proxy of the problem. problem. Right. So we talk about problems, we talk about solutions. And I think we, we start first with like the principles, right? And having operational principles. And look, we have them like for bio principles dealing, right? Talk about autonomy, bioethics, yes. bioethics right? So we talk about autonomy, justice, do good, not bad, where the benefit is higher than the harm. And then you really are pointing us to look at what the ACM has been doing for principles, right? Legitimacy, mm -hmm. but prove the benefit is higher than the harm. Make sure you have competence, right? Administrative competence, right? Can we actually do this? Uh, technical competence, you have the people around who can actually do this, and then competence in the domain. So it's not just about computer scientists and uh, right, the, the, the data or the, the technical folks there, but you have to have folks in the domains, the doctors, the lawyers. Uh, there's so many different principles. There's like nine principles. The, the second is around governance. And there's a big process and workflows around governance. Think about what are the processes that we need to go follow, monitor the models, look about model drift, data drift. The data is always changing around these things. Uh, what's the actions? What should be done if something is happening? We should be documenting these things. Who are the people involved? They need to be trained to know how to put this in the code, where, in the UI, in the data. Um, and transparency alone is not enough that we need uh, accountability. And I love you how you just being very bold and saying marketing teams, they should get onto this responsible AI messaging. Yeah. Uh, another solution here is on regulations. And we just see this in so many different parts in the world, right? If you're doing, a, you're doing a big infrastructure project, you have to do an environmental impact study around this stuff. Like, why don't we do this also for, for AI and, and projects? Uh, why don't we have certifications? Other engineering areas do this. And so therefore you don't have the excuse to say, oh, I don't know. Um, you just can't blatantly say in your, in your T's and C's saying, oh, we take no responsibility for this. Imagine if your car manufacturer says, yeah, we don't take any responsibility for uh, 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 an issue with the car would happen. Like, no, that does not happen. And why would this happen in software and data and, and in AI? Um, so then to wrap up, like what can people do today? Data leaders, data scientists, data analysts should all think about, do you have even have an ethics committee in your company, right? And, and actually, again, to be very practical, if it's not something you're going to use that often, maybe you should be able to go partner with an external team who can go do that. Um, and then actually think about, do you have responsible AI principles for your company? And looking at the ACM, ACM principles is probably the first step to go do that. Yeah. That's our takeaways. Anything we missed? No, I think it was a good summary. So um, throw it back to you to wrap us up. Three questions. What's your advice about data, life? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what resources do you follow? Let's start with the easiest one, the first, last one. So, so typically I, I, I follow trusted people in Twitter and LinkedIn. And then uh, it's amazing I'm up to date in everything. So, so I know things that, that are important that I should read very fast. So, so you have a, I have a very trusted network of, of information related to the topics that I'm interested in. Now, the advice, I, I would say that, that try to do this as soon as possible. So I think uh, you are fooling yourself. You say, yeah, we'll wait until someone else does it. But if someone else does it, you will be second or third or fourth, and, and you will not be leader in, in, in your uh, field. Uh, we are working with companies that are leaders, and they know that the only way that they, they can be can keep being leaders is to basically also address this uh, soon. Fintechs, telcos, insurance companies, uh, and so on. So, so don't wait until it's too late. 
uh, also because there are not too many people available and those those will be gone so so also there was a great time because the big companies are, are laying off people that knows about these things so capture some of them we are we are doing that uh, and and basically you have a, a lot of uh, knowledge uh, right away because these people already have been working like three four years on this and who invite next uh, tough question so let's say if you want to i would recommend uh, i will be biased recommendation my so i work with an ethics lead so if you want to continue to this topic i will uh, i will suggest my ai ethics lead jan su janja for this for this conversation perfect and she's amazing well ricardo Thank you so much for this amazing discussion. Just a quick reminder, next week, uh, I will be at the Knowledge Graph Conference in New York, and we are going to have our guest live over there is Katarina Kari from Ikea, talking about all things Knowledge Graphs next week. And with that, Ricardo, again, thank you. Thank you so much. This was a phenomenal conversation, uh, and you opened our eyes a lot to everything. Thank yes. you. Thank you, too. Cheers, Ricardo. Cheers, everybody.